So when we schedule a run or a workout, when we schedule it into our calendar, I'm sure you've heard this before, it was for anything we schedule into our calendar, we are proportionately much more likely, or we increase our likelihood of doing it proportionately. Because basically all we have to do is show up for this activity that we put on the calendar. I know it sounds simplified, but finding the extra time is about creating the time and then showing up for it instead of finding reasons not to, or instead of saying, well, I'm just going to wait and see if I find a pocket of time for this. Welcome to My Runner's Mind, where we run with gratitude towards a life of happiness and gratefulness. I'm your host, Stina Turgeon, and I believe that as runners, we're uniquely positioned to choose gratitude over negativity. Running itself is so badass, and each run offers multiple opportunities to turn a potentially negative thought or feeling into a positive one. Tune in as I'll share behind the scenes of what goes into my 12-week program, My Runner's Mind, which is mindset and spiritual coaching for women runners who know that they're ready to shift away from the shoulds and ought tos in their running routine and replace them with want and desire to live a happier and more balanced life. Are you ready? Let's go! Hi friends, runners. Maybe you're dreaming about becoming a runner. Maybe you ask yourself if you're really a runner either way. Welcome to episode 20. Before I get going on this episode, I want to share that we're two weeks into the new round of My Runner's Mind, and I am so thrilled. I'm so excited for the type of conversations that we're having in this group and the connections that we're having. I was sharing with the group last week that part of my my personal runner's purpose, which is it's something that we all clarify as part of this group, is to attract like-minded women who are as committed to working on their own personal growth and development through running as I am. And it's such a privilege when you get to be in the space of these like-minded people. Conversations just have a different feel to them. They're much more authentic and meaningful in every way. So I am just so thrilled with what I'm seeing so far and excited for where we're going the following or the next 10 weeks. All right. So on to today's episode. Today, we're talking about prep week for success. So you want to sign up for your first half marathon or insert your own race, or maybe you've already signed up for it. And now it feels like it's looming out on the horizon some 12, 16, 20 weeks out. I've noticed a lot of anxiety and worry around this in my running community on Facebook and just seeing all these posts about it. And I thought I wanted to offer up some tips that may help shift your focus from fear, this big commitment to more manageable steps that you can take in the process, which might help ameliorate that feeling of fear. So maybe about a year, a year and a half ago, I created a five-day prep work week for running workout, running slash a workout challenge that I was consistently hosting on Facebook every month. So basically the same premise for this challenge every month. So we all got really good at this challenge. So 
during prep week, I talk about five different ideas that I feel are very foundational to set ourselves up for success when it comes to achieving our goal. First, create what seems like that extra hour in the day. It seems pretty important that we have the time to actually work towards our goal, right? Two, make your goal a smart goal. Okay. Not all goals are created equal. Make it a smart goal and why that's important, but also especially which part of the smart goal you must be clear on for it to work well. Otherwise it can just become a real headache. It used to be for me. Three is create confidence and belief in your goal. So basically create confidence and belief in yourself achieving the goal. Four, establish your health and wellness habits, especially if you're new to this, if these are new things that you're adding into your routine. And five, keystone habits that will positively impact your goals and your success towards your goals. So I'm going to go through all five, one at a time, and just share my my take on it. And maybe you already have some of these established in your routine, which is awesome. And maybe some of them speak to you and you want to try and incorporate them. So first, creating what seems like that extra hour in the day. Wouldn't we all just love to have 25 hours in the day as opposed to 24? It's a one thing we all have about the same of. Have you noticed that? 24 hours. Doesn't matter who you are, where you are. We all have 24 hours. So how do we create what seems like that extra hour in our day so that we can actually show up and work towards our goal, our health and wellness habit, right? Because after all, feeling too busy is often the excuse that keeps people from developing new habits and especially health and wellness habits. Actually, feeling too busy is right up there with motivation and and attitude in what keeps people from being persistent on their running goals. I found when I pulled my runners in my community on Facebook and trained for a half marathon. So when we schedule a run or a workout, when we schedule it into our calendar, I'm sure you've heard this before. It was for anything we schedule into our calendar. We are proportionately much more likely, or we increase our likelihood of doing it proportionately. Because basically all we have to do is show up for this activity that we put on the calendar. I know it sounds simplified, but finding the extra time is about creating the time and then showing up for it instead of finding reasons not to, or instead of saying, well, I'm just going to wait and see if I find a pocket of time for this, right? So I guess what I'm saying is there's nothing wrong in being very spontaneous in in how you work out and how you do things. Absolutely. If that works for you, that's wonderful. My guess is though, if you have, if you're a runner and you've got a race coming up, you can't afford the same spontaneity in, in your approach to training because basically you need to run a certain amount of runs every single week to build up you know, your body to sustain the race. So as I mentioned, it's about creating the time in your calendar and then showing up for it. So first clarify for yourself what it is that you want to do. So I'll 
use myself as an, as an example. When I first started doing this, I jotted down on a piece of paper, literally, what are some of the things that I want to be able to do and how often do I want to do them within a week? So I knew, for instance, I wanted to, to run three days a week. Back then, now it's four, but it used to be three days a week. And I knew I wanted to do HIIT workouts three days a week on opposite days. And then I knew I wanted to also have time for mindset, gratitude, all the energy work that I do. And I wanted to have time for that every single day, right? So what I'm saying is I'm clarifying for myself exactly what it is that I want, what it is that I want to do. And then also clarify how long each activity takes. How long do you want it to take? You might have to guess until you've done it a few times, right? But once you have that, you then know how much time you need to find in your day, right? Then look at your schedule during a week and kind of see where you're unavailable for these things. So again, in my case, I'm unavailable to do these things during work hours, right? So for me, that means like 7.20 in the morning till anywhere between 5 and 6 in the evening. I'm unavailable for these activities, right? I can't put those in. In my nine to five, I work at a school as a speech therapist. I can't schedule any of these activities during those hours. So that just gives me a really good idea. I know it, it sounds so simplified that we actually avoid doing this step. And when we avoid doing it, I think that's when things just kind of end up not happening because then we don't schedule it in. So once you've clarified for yourself when you're unavailable, and then what I did, literally, I'm very visual. I drew a circle. I drew a clock. <laughs> and then I added in times. And then I blocked out when I was not available. And then I kind of, from there, found my pockets of availability, right? Then I also kind of had a frank talk with myself about, well, do I prefer to do these activities in the morning or in the evening? Because Clearly, throughout the entire day, I'm unavailable for these activities, right? And for me, it was a no-brainer. I prefer to do these activities in the morning when I'm not tired, when I'm not already potentially drained from the day. Plus, I didn't want them to conflict too much with family time. So for me, it became a matter of finding time in the morning. Now, I think I started doing this about 10 years ago. So it's been quite a while. Back then, I slept in till probably about an hour before I needed to be at work, which literally left about time only for getting ready to work, right? So what that meant for me, which was new, was that I needed to back up the time that I would wake up in the morning. So I went from getting up maybe at 6.30 to I scaled it back. And then I started at, I think, 5 maybe. And then I've even scaled it back for the activities I want to include. So now for me to be able to do the things I like to do, I get up on most mornings a little before 4 a.m. It may sound crazy to some people. It doesn't mean that for you to be able to do your things, you have to do the same as what I do. 
but the framework is the same for you. Decide if your activities that you'd like to do, decide how long they will take you. Do they take an hour? Well, by what time will you have to be ready to leave your house? And how much time do you need to get ready to be able to leave for work? And then incorporate that into your scheduling, right? It'll be very clear for you then what time you need to get up, right? So whether that's four, five, 5.30, 6, whatever it is, that's your time then, right? Or maybe it's in the evening for you, but just put it on the books. Put it on the books for yourself because you will increase the likelihood of you following through on these activities drastically, okay? What this needs to be, let's say now that you have created your schedule. Now you know what your schedule is Monday through Friday or maybe even Monday through Sunday. Then obviously the next step to that is to actually fall through on it. So the alarm clock goes off and you're like, oh man, hmm, that's a whole hour earlier than it used to be or two hours early. I'm not sure that I want to do this. One of the things that we work on, for instance, in my runner's mind is that we work on creating motivation for this. How do we really connect with our purpose so that showing up for our workouts become a lot easier than not showing up. But basically it's, it's having discipline on it. It's following through on your own word to yourself. There's a reason you created this schedule. There's a reason you have this dream for wanting to run this race and showing up for all these training workouts, for instance. So the best feeling, which cannot be bought, cannot be borrowed, cannot be gifted by anybody is when we show up for ourselves, right? Showing up for ourselves in the sense that I tell myself, well, today I'm going to go out and run and then I'm going to go to the gym, which is a natural fact. Today is a Saturday. That's what I do. And then when I can look back on that tonight and I've done it, it's an amazing feeling that I can trust my own word to myself. It's incredible. All right. Next step is SMART goal. So I might be a little partial to SMART goal because in my nine to five, I'm a speech therapist. So I write goals for every single client I have. So I talk about goals and I'm very comfortable talking about goals and tracking goals and whatnot. But SMART goals mean that the goals are, it's an acronym. So S specific. So be clear on what you're working on. Because that will help you focus when you're working out. You'll know more easily which workout, for instance, to choose over another, which training plan to choose over another, right? Make it measurable. This is key. This is where a lot of people, this is what a lot of people forget to do. I forgot it for so many years. And I'll tell you what happened is it becomes this satisfying experience because you never know when you've actually hit your target. So for me, for so many years, I was on a perpetual diet. I'm sure as as women, you can relate to this. Not that there, might, there aren't any men out there maybe listening, but as women, I think so often we have this stereotype, this body image just from conditioning and from the media, from whatever, thinking that, well, we can always be a little skinnier. We can always lose a little more weight, right? So that was actually always my goal, just to lose some weight. 
I want you to hear that one more time and see if you can detect why that is an awful goal. Lose some weight, right? Is that measurable? No. You can measure some. What does that mean? It means something to me. It might mean something different to you. And even worse, even though we might not be comparing our goals collectively, it could mean one thing to me today and a different thing in a week and a whole different thing in two weeks or three weeks. My point is you need to know that it's measurable because otherwise you can't track when you've achieved your goal. You're going to be doing this goal constantly and that's when it ends up getting really dissatisfying and you end up being really unhappy, but you can't get off that nightmarish merry-go-round of trying to achieve your goal because you don't know that you really truly achieved it. So if it's a weight loss goal, determine the exact amount of weight that you want to lose. Doesn't matter the the amount it is, but just have a number on it so that you can see if you actually hit that goal or how far off you are. You need to be able to acknowledge to yourself that you've actually reached your goal. It doesn't mean that you don't create a new goal. That's another thing I didn't really understand back then. We're goal-seeking organisms as people. So we achieve a goal. A lot of us end up setting new goals because it gives us a direction, right? Goals are a roadmap for us to follow. So back to the measurable goal, once you've hit it, you can always create a new goal. You can always run another race. Just make it measurable what you're working on, okay? The A is achievable. Is it within your scope to achieve this goal? Now, I've never run a full marathon before. I've only run as far as a half marathon, but my goal is to run a full marathon in April. So about seven months out from the time of this recording. Now, if you'd asked me maybe three years ago, would it have been achievable? Not at all. Would a half marathon of three years ago have been achievable or three and a half years ago? It wouldn't even have been achievable back then, but I still said it. So I do want to also modify this achievable with you need to have something that excites you, right? Don't necessarily repeat the same goal over and over and over again. It doesn't excite you anymore. You're not going to show up with as much motivation. And I, I can talk about that from my own personal experience. I had run... I want to say three half marathons when I noticed on the fourth one, I wasn't super motivated. And I realized I changed nothing. It was still a half marathon, same distance, same training ground. I was doing the exact same thing day in, day out, which that kills the motivation. So I tweaked my goal enough where it got exciting. I made it a time goal then. That was my sub two hour half marathon I wanted to work towards. And all of a sudden my motivation changed. So yes, we want it to be achievable. We don't want it to be so far out of reach. Although you can have a long-term goal and then you can scale it down to short-term goals, right? So you have something to, to show up for every single day. You definitely want to make sure that it excites you because that's where your motivation is going to come from. And it has to be positive incitement, positive incentives, not a negative incentive. 
All right. The R and SMART goal is relevant. And so that goes back a little bit to, it has to excite you. Is, is it a relevant goal to you? Or are you doing it basically for somebody else? Is somebody telling you to do something? Maybe a weight loss goal doesn't seem super relevant to you if you do not get clear on why you're doing this goal. If you're just doing it because, well, my doctor told me to, or I really ought to or should, that's not super exciting. You got to dig deeper there and find your purpose and your why for this goal to why it matters to you. That's where relevant comes in, right? And the last part of the SMART goal acronym, T is time bound. You need to have a time frame meaning how long are you working on this gold for? It doesn't. So I used to think that, well, what a failure if I didn't achieve my goal, right? So then I didn't really want to talk about time bound a time frame because I would see it as a reflection of myself if I didn't reach it. No, 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 no. It is just feedback. I had such a good conversation about this with Kelly Largay on our episode with the nutritionist because so many of us, I used to be one of them saw not achieving something as failure, failure meaning something negative. I want you to start thinking of fail as first attempt in learning. That's the acronym that we use in education. And I think it's so relevant because life is about learning. Life is a journey, not an end destination. So when we fail, we course correct. Did you know that a missile when it is moving towards its target, the only way that it hits its target is by constantly course correcting. So it's getting feedback that it's off course by so much. So then it adjusts again, then it's off course by so much. So then it adjusts again. And that's what it continues to do. Same thing with us. We just course correct. That's what we should aim for instead, right? So get a time frame because that way you can celebrate when you've hit the, in my runner's mind, we talk 12 weeks, but it could also be you have a race date. It could be whatever you use as your time frame. Then you can say, listen, I showed up every single day for myself on this goal. This is awesome. I'm going to celebrate it. I'm going to set a new goal. But at least you have that moment of acknowledging yourself. We need that. Otherwise, we stay in this perpetual I'm never reaching my goal. And it just feels like this bar that's constantly being moved just above our noses constantly. And that really just kills motivation if there's ever anything that kills motivation. So third thing that we talk about is creating confidence. We create confidence through I am statements. Self-talk is the best way to build new beliefs and build ourselves up. However, often we tear ourselves down with an overwhelming amount of negative thoughts in the 60,000 some thoughts that we have in a day, that many thoughts. So as newbie runners, recreational runners, I think it makes sense, first off, to build confidence in ourselves as a runner by taking on the runner's identity. Start telling yourself, start reminding yourself that I'm a runner. I don't know how many times I've read posts such as, I don't know if I'm a runner, but I do go out and do this and I do go out and run. I'm not a fast runner. Or I'm not a this kind of runner. Just claim that you're a runner. Just do that. And big shout out to Dina Castro in our last episode, episode 19. If you haven't listened, go back and listen. She even talks about it, 
how important it is and how often she comes across people saying, well, I'm not a runner, but I do go out once, twice, three times a week, or I did run 10 miles last weekend. You're a runner. Claim the identity. I think that's the first place to start. And then hold on to that thought. And if you're a new runner, you might all of a sudden get all these voices inside your head saying, well, am I really, I'm not sure I'm a runner. I'm not that fast. Just hold on to the thought and affirm that you're a runner. And then slowly, it'll become part of your identity. Now, creating other affirmations down the road or changing them as we need is just as important as physically running our training runs, I think. I started thinking of myself as a sub two hour half marathon runner before I had accomplished the goal, right? I had not accomplished it yet, but it was my I am statement. And using these tools, they help build our confidence. They stoke our desire continually for our goal. And we show up with a whole different energy, a much better energy when we do that, when we use these, these mindset tools, right? So I really want to encourage you to use I am statements. Fourth thing we talk about is establishing the habit by creating a chain, establishing your health and wellness habits. So basically, don't think too far ahead. I think a lot of times what kills people's, what keep people from starting in the first place is that they, it just seems overwhelming. Man, I got to train for 12, 16, 20 weeks. So oh, 84 days or 104 days or how many months is that even? I don't know if I can even commit to that. I don't know if I can even show up for myself every single day. Don't think too far ahead. Right. If, if looking that far ahead, I love looking that far ahead because it helps me plan. That really excites me and motivates me. But if that's not you, don't, don't go against that. Right. If you doubt your own persistence in showing up for yourself, then just keep it to the here and now. Okay. I like this quote by Karen Casey. One part at a time, one day at a time, we can accomplish any goal we set for ourselves. Just keep it to one day at a time. So that's why it's called creating a chain. Think of it as a chain. Each loop, each day basically, is linked by the previous day, previous loop, and the next day only. You're just thinking basically those three days, right? So focus on showing up for today just today and do whatever you scheduled into your training plan. Like we talked about under the, under the first idea. So last thing I always incorporate into prep week is keystone habits. So if you've listened to this podcast before, you know how much I talk about these amazing habits that have a spillover effect on everything else in our life. That's the definition of keystone habits, right? So they're not all good, by the way. Some of them can be bad for you, but obviously we focus on the ones that are beneficial for our purpose. So some of the ones that we use in my coaching group, My Runner's Mind, help us create and establish a feeling of feeling good, right? I talk a lot about to my, in my coaching group about 
the importance of really feeling good. It's that concept that's been very foreign to me most of my life because I've always felt that, well, it's a grind. It's a hustle. It's a, it's hard work. And I'm not saying that there isn't part of that, but actually what I've learned is that my motivation changes completely when I see what feels good and I actually get even better results. So some of the habits that we focus on that we do dedicatedly because it helps us feel good are using positive language in all things running and really not just running, but in our life. Gratitude, daily intentional gratitude, because it's been scientifically proven to rewire the brain and breath work, because breath work, if anything, helps shift our physical energy. It helps soothe and calm down this edgy and wired feeling we get from being in, in a very digitalized, stressful, fast paced world as today's world is. So positive language, gratitude and breath work are some of the keystones, keystone habits that we incorporate on a daily basis. So there you have it. Five concepts, five ideas that I believe will help set you up for success as you start a new goal or maybe renew your goal. So as always, get in touch with me if you have any questions. You can reach me on Instagram, Stina underscore Turgeon, S-T-I-N-E underscore T-U-R-G-E-O-N. If you enjoyed this episode, please share with other runner friends who are likely to also enjoy it, as well as consider leaving a five-star review. See you next week. So if running is our practice ground and we can turn every experience into fuel, then we can transfer it to the rest of our life and positively impact our whole world. Just one run at a time.